0: Into our house enter thou not. Through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelles. I'm Dan.
1: Hello, Dan. I'm Lindsay. Hello. Hello.
0: Uh Just one little announcement and then we're right into the previews. Let's do it. Uh, for this week's merch announcement, excited to announce a refresh. ...to our protection blanket. Oh, yeah. Introducing an updated protection ritual design. Super cool depiction of a young witch summoning the uh, scared-to-death spirits... ...surrounded by her altar of skulls, candles, and books. Behind her, a truly spellbinding neon-looking version of our Book of Ghosts icon. You often see in the merch designs. And our opening protection prayer heard at the beginning of each episode. Cool update to one of the most popular designs we've had. Uh, This collection features, of course, a blanket... ...as well as wall tapestry, premium t-shirt, and wall canvas all over at badmagicmerch.com.
1: I just made a note to order it because Logan showed it to me before oh, yeah. it went up. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to get that one.
0: Update your blanket.
1: Yep, time for a new blankie.
0: <laughs> and then do you want to go first with uh, previews today or me?
1: Uh, I can go first. It's so tough because we are recording so far in advance. I don't know if like the smaller uh, previews are going well or not. So oh, yeah, am just going to keep going with it, you guys. <laughs> uh, two stories this week. Uh, My first story is Footsteps and Shadows and Screams. Oh, my. Okay. And my second one, this is a pretty funny thing, A Mechanical Possession.
0: Hmm. Mechanical Possession. Okay. I'll let
1: let you like ruminate on like, what does that mean?
0: What could that be? Well, well, I'm trying not to give too much away either. Uh, I I do just have one story. Oh, that's it.
1: You've given it all away. I'm out.
0: (laughs) It's intense. Uh, It's a long one. I do wonder if it really happened. It's a lot. And I thought about not sharing it. But even if this person's claims are not true... I just think it's a good story and if they are true well then I'm glad certain items here around the uh, studio do not seem to behave like the star of this story Eek! and I won't give away more than that
1: oh no I hope it's not Layla uh do you want to show your socks yes okay these are some fantastic socks (laughs) okay they're really cool and they say give a girl the right pair of socks and she can conquer the world that's all it took huh oh my god what Where did these socks come from? They're so great. I don't know who sent them in. They do have like a little um, thing on them that say Primitives by Kathy. So Kathy, if you're a fan, thanks. But also, thanks to whoever sent these in. They're so cute. I might bring them back around 4th of July because they feel very heroic.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're fun. Um, Okay. So uh, no setup. We're just going to jump right in now.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: Time now for the tale of the birthday present. Every time Sean asked his daughter, April, what she wanted for her ninth birthday, the answer was always the same. An American Girl doll. Ugh. Apparently it was the new must-have thing in her third grade class. Someone's older sister had given someone her old American Girl doll, and soon, all the other girls started begging their parents for one. This wasn't anything new. Sean had lived through what now seemed like a hundred different toy trends. Little plastic figurines of animals, dolls with creepy big eyes and weird brightly colored hair, all kinds of Barbies, Japanese pencil erasers and the shapes of everything from animals to grocery store items, and so on and so on. Except those toys had generally come in at a price point of roughly 20 bucks or less. Even the ones that had been more expensive, like the Barbie sets, he'd managed to find at thrift stores or secondhand somewhere else. And when April was four or five, she and her friends hadn't known that the Barbie Dreamhouse or Barbie camper van he gave her wasn't actually that year's model. But finding a deal wasn't going to be so easy with an American Girl doll. When April had first told him that she wanted one, he would called a couple shops and each told him the same bad news. There were no sales. If you ordered one directly from the website, it was still going to be a cool $150. At least not counting accessories. Yikes. What about something fun to do for your birthday? Sean asked his daughter one afternoon when the topic of American Girl dolls came up yet again. I bet none of your friends have been to the new water park. Or maybe we could get you a pair of roller skates. I could teach you how to use them. Dad, April said, in the tone of voice that meant that that he just wasn't getting it. How did she already sound like a teenager at not quite nine? Kaylee got two American Girl dolls for Christmas. I'm the only girl who doesn't even have one. But the water park, Sean said weakly. You know they have a big slide? You'd probably be tall enough this year. I don't want to go to the stupid water park, April said. And that was that. Maybe Sean should have just chalked this moment up to kids being kids, always wanting something. If it hadn't been an American Girl doll, it would be something else, some other luxury that he couldn't see the point in owning that somehow meant the whole world to her. She wasn't always going to get everything she wanted. That was life. And that was okay. Okay. But this particular ask struck a soft spot with him. He'd been a single dad ever since April's mom, when April was only two, had decided that she'd settle down before she was actually ready and relinquish custody to move away with her boyfriend. Oh, yeah, she had a boyfriend. Surprise. Sean had always provided for his daughter, made sure she was clothed and fed and got to school on time. But there was never a lot of money left over for anything extra special. That hadn't mattered much when April was a cheerful toddler or kindergartner who liked nothing more than to go to the park But now, with the social pressures from other kids, who Sean remembered could be so cruel sometimes, he guessed sometimes things like this really did matter. So, with April's birthday just around the corner, Sean picked up a few more hours at work, worked some overtime, had his mom watch April when she could, hoping he'd come out $150 richer on the other side. And his plan was working, until the damn transmission in his car went out. Are you fucking kidding me, Sean said out loud. It was a Wednesday morning april was inside brushing her teeth he had 20 minutes to get her to school and get himself to work but the car was making an ominous grinding noise shaking back and forth and a burning smell quickly filled the garage he'd known that something was going on but hoped he could just hold it off just for a couple more weeks but no luck dad april called from inside do you have my permission slip i can't find it sean sighed rubbing his forehead before he put on a happy upbeat face and he went inside to tell april that grandma would be taking her to school this morning nothing good would come from showing April how stressed out he was. After he fired off a text to his mom, had her come pick April up and caught the bus just in time to make it to work Sean thought about April's birthday and sighed. Now there was just no way he could afford an American Girl doll All day at the warehouse he tried to think of some way to figure it out but each option seemed worse than the last Put it on a credit card He was barely paying off his credit card bills as it stood Ask his mom She was already doing so much He hated to ask her for more you all right, man? His coworker, Nate, nudged him on the way to the break room. I'm going to get a coffee. You want one? <sighs> yeah, Sean nodded appreciatively. As Nate walked away, he noticed that, there was, that he was wearing a new pair of shoes. Normally, Nate wore the same beat-up pair of discount sneakers. But now he was wearing a flashy orange and white pair of Nikes. Nice shoes, dude. Thanks. Nate turned around and grinned at him. They look pretty legit, right? I didn't know what I was getting into with uh, into them when I was buying them on eBay, but it was a hell of a lot better than buying them new. If Sean had been a cartoon, a light bulb would have lit up above his head. eBay, of course. Why hadn't he thought of that? There were probably hundreds, no, thousands of American Girl dolls on eBay. April wasn't likely to notice that they weren't the exact same models the company was putting out today. And even if she did, Sean could tell her that it was vintage, a cool antique, better than the new ones, more special. He smiled to himself. That's genius, man, he told Nate. I can't believe I never thought of that. I'm living in the future. Nate grinned, jogging off to the break room. For the rest of the day, Sean felt lighter, more capable. He could do this without breaking the bank. That night, after April went to bed, he opened his laptop and started looking. And quickly grinned from ear to ear. Immediately, he was blown away by the selection. Some of these people appeared to be real collectors, with the dolls still in their original packaging. Hundreds and hundreds of dolls. Meet Marie Grace Garner, originally launched in 2011, Marie Grace is from 1850s New Orleans, meaning she's always up for a and good time. This continued now, price reflects rarity and condition. And Marie Grace was $300. Fuck. His smile faded. Maybe he hadn't thought this through. He continued scrolling, whizzing past Courtney's and Ivy's and Samantha's, all in various conditions, new, good, and fair. And eventually, he got to Marnie. Marnie is an unreleased American Girl doll circa 2007, though Marnie's creators originally intended her to be one of the core historical series girls. She tested poorly in focus groups, and the prototypes were auctioned off, priced to move. Marnie was only 40 bucks? Weird. Weren't rarities like this generally much more expensive with collectors? Scanning the picture, Sean couldn't make out anything concerning. Seemed to him like a regular American Girl doll. Same flat face and small eyes, creamy skin and stiff hair. Apparently Marnie was from the 1930s, the Dust Bowl era. Sean got why she didn't test well with audiences. There was something a little off about her face. Maybe it was the eyes. They looked a little harsher, darker than the normal dolls. Her mouth seemed to curve into the slightest frown. As though someone had really tried to put the despair and harshness of the times into her features one hand, or in one hand, Marnie held a limp, raggedy Ann doll. Sean thought it looked like she'd been abandoned by her parents somewhere, like one of those kids sold off when the parents couldn't afford to feed them. And her stare, she looked almost accusatory. Maybe the designer had simply gotten tired of making happy, carefree girls from historical eras that weren't that happy and carefree. Sean hesitated, but then he convinced himself that Marnie would look just fine in a different outfit. He'd have plenty of money left over to get one, too. So he pressed order, put in his payment information, and closed his laptop, satisfied that he had solved April's birthday problem. He went to bed that night smiling, thinking about the squeals of joy April will be making when she opened this present. He could already feel the big hug she'd be giving him. April woke up the morning of her birthday with one thought in mind. "'Is she here?' she asked Sean as soon as she woke up. "'Is she here? Can I open her? Please, please, can I open her?' Sean smiled. "'Don't you want to eat your special breakfast first?' The worried look on April's face like she hadn't really expected Sean to get the doll suddenly melted into joy. Daddy! She yelled. You got her! Come downstairs and see, Sean said, trying and failing to hide his giddiness. Marnie and her accessories had arrived the week before, but Sean hadn't opened them until last night. With April tucked in bed, he'd unwrapped the doll and put on her new clothes. His idea had been almost right. In different clothes, a pair of shorts and a frilly shirt, she looked almost happy. But he didn't think that April would notice. He really, really hoped she wouldn't. Now April tore out of his hug and raced down the stairs. A moment later, Sean heard her scream with delight. Daddy, you're so silly. He started down the stairs. What am I silly about? She's in my spot, April giggled, eating my special breakfast. A puzzled look crossed Sean's face. What could April be talking about? When he arrived in the kitchen, he saw that April was right. He was so confused. Sean thought he'd put Marnie in the seat opposite. Actually, he was sure that he'd put Marnie in the seat opposite April's. But now Marnie was sitting in April's seat, her hands on the table, staring at them both. Was April playing a trick on him? Or did he just not have enough coffee that morning? "'Come on, Daddy!' April shouted, breaking Sean out of his thoughts. "'I want to open Grandma's present next.' For a while, it seemed like Sean's eBay discount doll had been the perfect gift. April loved Marnie. She carried her everywhere, to the grocery store, to the pediatrician's office. Sean had to bribe her to not bring her to school by promising that she could take Marnie wherever she wanted afterwards." And then, when she first started sharing them Sean figured that April's strange stories About Marnie's life were just that Strange stories Nothing more than a kid making up stories about her doll They made it seem alive Because a part of her wanted her doll to be alive To be the best, most perfect friend Any little girl could ever want I just wanted to have all the stuff She didn't get to have before April said one day Chattering away as she made Marnie do all the stuff she did Brushing her teeth, combing her hair Because nobody loved her enough They hurt her, and they made her sleep in the basement. Standing in the doorway, Sean frowned. What was that? They made her what? Sleep in the basement. They tried to kill her. And when that didn't work, they locked her up in the basement, April said, and they put a big lock on the door so she couldn't get out. Sean blinked. What the hell? April had never talked like that before. Ever. He wondered if this had been in a book April had been reading, or maybe her friends had been making up gruesome stories for their dolls, some strange competition. He asked, "'Where did you hear all that?' April shrugged, spitting out her toothpaste and rinsing her mouth. "'I guess I made it up,' she said. "'I don't know. It's just a story.'" Even though April's story was weird, dark, Sean shrugged it off, mostly. Kids said weird stuff. With April at school and with friends, there was no way of knowing what she could have picked up or where. But despite thinking he would pushed her story about Marnie out of his mind He thought about it again a few days later April's story about Marnie resurfaced when it was around 10 p.m. When Sean got home one night His mother had been watching April but had to leave around 9 30 And Sean had reassured her that she would be fine April would be asleep upstairs and Sean would be back before she ever figured out she'd been alone And then when he got home the house felt strange That was the only way he could describe it Strange felt like walking into a place that hadn't been used for a long time like a dusty old attic except he knew that april and his mother had just spent an evening there having dinner watching tv it was like some odd depressing gloom had settled in the house in the foyer he quickly shipped, slipped off his shoes and hurriedly tiptoed up the stairs to check that april was sleeping he was worried about her and he had a panicky feeling that he was going to walk into a room and not be able to find her but there she was sound asleep and the sick feeling that had just begun to creep into his stomach vanished. Now he went back downstairs for a snack. But the whole place still felt strange. Maybe he thought it just felt different because he felt a little strange himself. He wondered if his blood sugar was low or something. He made a mental note to start packing a snack when he was working doubles. He couldn't go on burning the candle at both ends like this forever. It wasn't, oh, shit, shit, shit. He sucked in his breath and winced. He'd stepped on something sharp, but in the dark he couldn't see what it was hobbling to get a grip on the counter he fumbled with his other hand and shone a phone flashlight down on his foot a small ceramic shard stuck out of his heel evidently it had been sharp enough to pierce through his sock wincing he gritted his teeth and pulled it out trying not to make a sound so he wouldn't wake april up then he noticed the brownish dust on the bottom of his foot what was that following his phone's flashlight he looked around the kitchen and saw that the jar they kept cookies in normally in the pantry was smashed on the other side of the kitchen That April tried to get some cookies when his mom left? Smashed it? But if she did that, wouldn't she try to cover it up somehow? She knew she'd get in trouble. Something wasn't right about all this. The jar was practically smashed to smithereens, too. And not smashed like it had fallen. Smashed like somebody had purposely destroyed it. While thinking about this, Sean now noticed the tracks. Little smudges of brown dust. And what looked like smears of chocolate chips heading away from the kitchen. Like a fucked up version of the Hansel and Gretel trail through the woods. The tracks were left by what looked like someone walking up on two legs, but someone too small. Goosebumps broke out all over Sean's arms. The prints were much too little to belong to April. And why would she have trailed cookies upstairs if she was trying to be sneaky? None of this made sense. Heart sinking, he followed the trail through the kitchen doors to the living room, then back around to the foyer and saw that they led upstairs. Somehow in the dark, he had missed them the first time he passed by. Or maybe he wondered and shuddered at the thought. "'What if they hadn't been there?' the first time he passed by. "'Swallowing hard, he crept upstairs again. "'If he strained his ears, he thought he could very faintly hear the sound of rustling, "'like somebody moving through the rooms just ahead of him. "'Then at the far end of the hall, he saw a blurry figure move out of sight, "'and, as though it knew it was caught, start to turn around. "'Daddy!' Daddy. "'Sean almost yelled but composed himself just in time. "'April looked at him from her bed, then rubbed her eyes, squinting. "'Is it time for breakfast?' No, honey, Sean sighed. His heart was still thumping hard, but putting April to bed was now the most important thing he needed to do. He didn't want to show her how stressed out he was, and now he couldn't see anything at the end of the hall. Had he imagined it all? He was really tired. But who broke the cookie jar? He didn't imagine that. His heel throbbed as if to remind him of how real that was. After putting April to bed, he went downstairs, cleaned up the cookie mess that still really creeped him out, and then practically collapsed on the couch. He was too tired to think about anything anymore. The next morning, he decided to let the cookie jar fiasco go. If it was April, he wouldn't get after her. Not this time. If it wasn't her, well, he didn't like to let his mind go there. He hoped this would just be an odd one-time thing. Maybe she was sleepwalking and grabbed a cookie. That had to be possible, right? But what about the little footsteps? The thing he saw move in the hallway. Thinking too much about all that made his skin crawl. So Sean did his best just to not think about it. In the days that followed, he just tried to focus on the positive. April had never been happier. She loved Marnie and kept thanking him for getting her. Life was good. Great, even. But a couple weeks later, everything changed. The day everything changed was when Sean picked up April from school and she was crying. She wouldn't explain what was going on. And when they got home, she ran up to her room, grabbed Marnie, and threw her down the stairs, still in tears. "'April!' Sean shouted, ran up the stairs after. "'What's going on? What's wrong?' I I, I was having lunch with Sarah and Lyric and, and they told me that Marnie was a fake. She's not a real American girl doll. Sean's heart dropped to his stomach. Hey, that's not true, he said. She is a real American girl doll. She has the accessories and everything. No, April wailed. Lyric went on her phone and got on the website and showed me that Marnie isn't even there. Jesus, Sean thought to himself. Nine-year-olds have phones now? He didn't think that was something he would have to contend with. Wrapping April in his arms, he said... "'I know she's not on the website. "'She's actually a special version. "'A version you can't even buy in stores. "'That's how special she is.' "'Nuh-uh,' April said, shaking her head. "'Everybody was laughing at me. "'They said I had a knockoff, and they felt sorry for me.' "'Suddenly Sean's body blazed with anger. "'He was going to have a word with someone at the school. "'Maybe some parents, too. "'This was outrageous. "'How about you go play in your room?' "'He told April. "'I'm going to make a phone call, "'and then maybe we can go online "'and buy some cute accessories for Marnie. "'Would that make you feel better?' "'Yeah,' April said softly. She gave Sean another hug and went into her room. Now Sean didn't have to hide the angry look on his face. Those little fucking assholes, he thought as he charged down the stairs. Those little fucking asshole kids probably had big asshole parents. That's where they get it, right? Sean ran numerous scenes through his head that involved a lot of yelling, maybe some punching, no one at school ever teasing his daughter for anything ever again. At the bottom of the stairs, he stopped to pick up Marnie. But she wasn't there. "'What?' Sean looked around. He had just seen Marnie on the foyer floor when April threw her down. But now, nothing. Sean spun around looking all over. He didn't see her. He walked into the living room. Could she possibly have tumbled that far from the bottom? Then as he peered into the kitchen, he heard a pantry door swing shut. April, he said. You know it's not time for dinner yet. Daddy, are you saying something? April's voice was coming, of course, from upstairs. She was still in her bedroom. Sean's blood ran cold. Whatever had just closed the pantry door was not April. And though his entire body was telling him to turn the fuck around, get out of the house, go to his mom's with April under his arm like a football, he had to find out what was going on. He flashed on the night that the cookie jar was broken. And on the time April told him that Marnie had been locked in the basement by some family who never loved her, who had tried to kill her. He tried to tell himself he was just tired, and when you're tired, you're not thinking right. You get paranoid. But he knew that pulling some more doubles to pay off the repair of his car's transmission could not explain why he had just heard the door close. Slowly, he moved forward, heart pounding louder and louder. Then he raised his hand to grasp the doorknob of the pantry, held it while standing perfectly still for a moment, and then flung it open. The automatic light came on immediately, showing no Marnie. Obviously, he thought to himself, because Marnie is a doll, and dolls don't just walk around and close doors. But then behind him, he heard the softest giggle. What the fuck? He blurted out, spinning on his heels so fast it made him a bit dizzy. Marnie was in the middle of the kitchen, sitting with her back against the island, her eyes fixed on him. Holy shit, he muttered, his heart now hammered in his chest, making him feel nauseous. He stared at Marnie, waiting for the doll to do something. Move? Try and attack him? Let out a scream? Flash a creepy grin? but nothing happened. Marnie was still. Outside, a neighbor started up their lawnmower. He heard April put on some music upstairs. It was a normal day full of normal things happening, but he knew deep in his soul that whatever was happening with Marnie, not normal. There was a creepy look on her face, maybe a slightly different expression than she'd had before, a strange blankness that was somehow also hostile. Sean flashed again on what April had said about her. They made her sleep in the basement. They locked it so she couldn't come upstairs at night. They tried to kill her. Sean wondered now if maybe she hadn't been talking about the doll's backstory from the depression, but about what had happened to the doll at its previous home. Did the last owners realize that something was really wrong with Marnie? And that before getting rid of her, the only way to keep them safe was to lock her up at night? If she was that dangerous, why didn't they destroy the damn thing? Maybe they tried to. Maybe they tried to kill her. And how would this thing tell April all that? Sean laughed out loud. What the hell was he doing? She was a doll. Sean needed to think clearly. What was really going on? He had no idea what to do. There wasn't a parenting book for this kind of thing. And he was sure that if he asked anyone, even his mom, for advice, she'd say that he was crazy. Maybe he was cracking up under the pressure of being a single parent. Fuck. Sean decided to message whoever sold him the doll. If the old owner knew something about Marnie, maybe they would help him. In the living room, he opened his laptop and started typing. Hi, There is something very wrong with Marnie, the American Girl doll you sold me. Did you ever have any odd problems with her? Did she make strange noises? Or Sean felt embarrassed writing all this, but he didn't know a better way to phrase it all. Did she ever turn up in places where no one had left her? Almost as if she moved there herself. Did you ever lock her up in a basement or try and destroy her? I know how all this sounds. But was there anything unusual or dangerous about this doll that I should know about? Please tell me. A-S-A-P. Then he hit send. He waited for days, but there was no reply. In the meantime, he did something he never thought he would do. He locked Marnie up in the basement. He still wasn't ready to just outright get rid of the doll. He didn't want to deal with April's anger and sadness over that. He thought at least that putting the doll in the basement would buy him some more time to think about what was going on. That it would be the safe thing to do in case there was something dangerous going on. He told April that Marnie would have to stay in the basement for just a few weeks, at the most. He made up a lie about how, you know, he got an email from the manufacturer that there were some defects, there was a small chance that if you pressed on the doll in the wrong way, a part inside of her could actually catch on fire. And Sean wasn't going to take the chance that April could accidentally push that at night and be badly burned or worse. He was pretty proud of the story he made up. He assured April that she would be back up from the basement as good as new in just a few short weeks, tops. And during those weeks, Sean would monitor marnie a bit see if there was something truly crazy going on or if it was him his plan did not work out how he had hoped april quickly became pretty depressed she was listless in the mornings when sean woke her up from school eyes drooping like she hadn't slept much the night before when he picked her up her face was often red and puffy like she'd been crying the smallest things seemed to send her into tantrums now tantrums she hadn't had since she was two or three And even when the tantrums were about random things Like what they were having for dinner Or if she could watch TV past her bedtime They always ended up coming back to the same subject Marnie You have to let her out from the basement dad April screamed her face a rigid mask She doesn't like it in there She's going to be so mad at us when she comes back When That was the word that frightened Sean the most When she comes back Not if Eventually when April would get upset and yell at him about Marnie He started yelling back Even though he told himself that he should never yell at a nine-year-old wasn't fair to her He worried he was being a bad father, but he couldn't seem to help himself He felt an odd new stress Something stirring below them pacing waiting And then one night about a week after april had first come home crying when she was thrown another tantrum about the damn doll He snapped fine april fine. You want me to get the goddamn toy? I'll get the goddamn toy I'll get it And I'll throw it away This crying all the time Is not okay It's just a toy He was still ranting As he banged down Into the basement The weak overhead light Throwing everything Into different shades Of shadow Marnie was sitting Exactly where he had Put her a week before He reached out To grab her And she grabbed him back Fuck he yelled But he didn't let go With both hands he grabbed the doll by its midsection pinning its arms to its sides As he charged up the stairs He thought he felt a force pulling him backwards Trying to make him fall down the stairs With a roar he charged past it Tumbling through the door and out into the hallway floor This thing is dangerous He said to April Who was now looking at him with an all encompassing panic He waved Marnie around This doll is broken April was sobbing She was begging him not to throw away Marnie As she cried and pleaded, Sean began to tear the clothes off the doll, thinking that if he just took the clothes off, if he took the accessories off, he could see that it was nothing more than a hunk of plastic and fabric, nothing to be afraid of. Maybe the stress of his life was cracking him up, and he was keeping his daughter away from her favorite toy for no good reason. Maybe the doll hadn't grabbed him. He was going nuts. But then once he ripped off the shirt and shorts, he dropped Marnie, and a scream stuck in his throat. The first thing that hit him was the stench. It was like someone had thrown open the doors of a slaughterhouse. But by far the more terrifying thing was the doll itself Its torso, which should have been a skin-colored fabric Was covered in rusty, reddish stains Around the reddish stains, he could see punctures Like stuffing leaking out of them Like someone had stabbed it And then maybe hurt themselves? They'd bled on it? Or, somehow, Marnie had bled? Daddy, stop! April begged, tears streaming down her face Please, Daddy, stop! I'll be good forever, I promise! I won't ask for anything ever again! Come on, Sean said, leading April by the arm. The new doll dangled from his other hand. He made a mental decision to throw it away somewhere far from their house. Something was really wrong with this thing. As he ran from the house, he started not being able to tell which was his daughter's arm and which was the doll's. They were both heavy, both squishy, both warm and human-like. He got Marnie buckled in and threw the doll down on the floorboard of the passenger seat. By the time they got to his mother's house, Sean was breathing raggedly, his vision blurry. "'After they both got out of the car, he looked through the window onto the floorboard in front of the passenger seat, "'and Marnie was not where he'd put her. "'And then he raised his head just in time to see something disappearing into the woods "'at the edge of his mother's property. "'What the fuck?' "'He took April by the hand, quickly walked her to the front door. "'Sean!' "'Mary Ellen, his mother, came to the door as soon as he rang the bell. "'What's going on? Is everything okay?' "'Sean didn't know what to say. "'Come in, you two. Come in. You look like you've just seen a ghost.' something like that sean muttered april was eerily silent her eyes wide doll-like sean thought that night he slept on his mom's couch but not much he could not stop thinking about marnie the doll had ran on its own from his car for sure there was no other way to explain what had happened he kept waiting for it to try to get back into the house what the fuck was that thing in the morning mary ellen approached him gently and said that with summer break coming up maybe she could take april to her cabin in the mountains for a week or two give sean a break He could use the time to focus on himself. April would be in good hands. Not knowing what else to do, Sean agreed, and he took April home. April was mad at him for getting rid of her doll, but she did seem to calm down a little more each passing day. It broke his heart to know kids were probably teasing her at school for not even having a doll now, if she even told them. She might have been too embarrassed. A couple weeks later, Mary Ellen and April left for the cabin. Back at home, nothing was amiss. The house was the same as it ever was, as it was before Marnie. Sean still thought too much about what he'd seen And had a nightmare or two But it also felt like the Marnie stuff was over Sean cut back on his shifts at work Negotiated a higher hourly wage for himself And started exercising and eating right With no cell coverage up at Mary Ellen's mountain cabin And a pretty crappy landline That was basically only there to call the police The fire department Or an ambulance in case of emergency The main way he kept in touch with them Was through email So he mostly focused on himself And then got some emails each evening His mom sent him a bunch of pictures, pictures of April holding the fish she would caught, playing in the lake, running around with some kids her age. When April got back, he promised himself, life will be like it was before Marnie. A couple days before they were due back, Sean checked his email again. Before getting to his regular messages, he now decided to peek over at his spam folder, clear that out. And he kicked himself for not doing that earlier. There was a message from the seller on eBay. It had been sent before Marnie had left with his mom, and Sean read it quickly. Burn it right now. I'm so sorry. I just had to get it out of my house. After what it did to my children, I tried to get rid of it, but it kept coming back. It'll find you too. Unless maybe you completely destroy it. We tried. I hoped it would be different once it was in a different home. And I know that sounds like an excuse, but it was like it wanted me to sell it. And I was afraid to not do what it wanted. Sean's blood ran cold as he read the message. There was another email in his inbox too from his mother. All good here, she wrote. April loving the new outdoor fire pit We've made s'mores five times this week Don't worry I'm making sure she eats her vegetables too We went into town the other day To do some antiquing with the local group I thought April would be bored But she loved it She even found a couple antiques for herself And grandma couldn't resist her puppy dog eyes Photos of the happy girl attached His stomach sinking Sean opened the attached photos There was April Beaming Her arms wrapped around uh, Wrapped tight around Her new antique Marnie That fucking doll. It had come back. It had found her. And maybe it was a trick of the light, but Marnie's hand was on April's arm, and it looked like she was holding her tight, as if to say, we won't be separated again. Sean got into his car. He didn't call his mom's cabin and reply to the email. He didn't want Marnie to know he was coming. He parked his car along the little dirt road that connected with his mom's driveway about 50 feet before the driveway's entrance. And now he crept slowly like someone planning a home invasion around to the back of his mother's house. Luckily, she didn't have neighbors to watch all this and call the police or approach him with the gun, thinking he was a dangerous trespasser. The dangerous trespasser was already in the house. He slowly approached his mother's back door and he could hear his mom and April talking. They were making a late dinner. How about you set Marnie down just for a moment while you wash those vegetables in the sink? You can keep her right on the counter where she's safe. Okay, Grandma. She could help, though, if you let her. Maybe Marnie can set the table. Sean quietly slowly now opened the unlocked back door. He took his shoes off, carefully made his way towards the kitchen. Soon he was hiding next to the entrance to the kitchen. He didn't want to even peek in and risk Marnie spotting him. He braced himself to act quickly, and he counted down from three before charging in and grabbing the doll. Three, two... One, Sean raced in his mother let out a surprised yell and April turned with a shocked silent expression and dropped the carrot she was rinsing off. Marnie turned as well and her expression changed. She looked surprised and then angry. She jumped down from the counter and Sean pounced on her as his mom yelled, Sean, what are you doing? He grabbed the doll and pinned it to the floor but then Marnie turned her head and bit him. <gasps> He yelled And flipped the doll over On his back On his back And put his knee down on it His mother and April Could see the doll struggle Hear it make this Animalistic growling noise Mary Ellen grabbed April And they backed away in terror Oh my god His mother gasped Mom do you still have That barrel out back Used to burn stuff She nodded Grab some gasoline Now And matches And meet me there sean grabbed the doll by the back of its neck choking it and then squeezing both its arms together with his other hand he lifted it off the floor when he did its legs kicked it tried to wiggle like a fish you have just pulled from the water he ran out the back door and towards the barrel and then threw the doll down into the bottom the evil little thing screamed and desperately tried to claw its way out as his mom ran over to the big metal container with gas and matches go back in the house and stay with april he yelled He didn't want them to see any more than they already had. He didn't want them to see any of this. He doused the doll with nearly all the gasoline as it continued to furiously try and escape, making the same crazy growling-type noise. He grabbed one of the matches, and then he heard the voice of a scared little girl. No! No, Daddy, please! Please don't! It wasn't April. It was Marnie. He looked in. She made the sweetest face she could. She looked so innocent all of a sudden. And just for a moment, he almost set the match down. He felt like he couldn't go through with it. Maybe she was somehow just a scared little girl. Then he remembered the email. I was afraid not to do what it wanted. No, 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 this was a trick. He struck the match and threw it into the barrel. There was so much gas inside that fire shot out almost like it was an explosion. And he heard Marnie scream and thrash. It felt like she would never stop screaming. And then the scream faded as the sounds of thrashing stopped. Sean finally peeked over the edge when the fire became greatly diminished, and at the bottom, Marnie was unrecognizable. Everything made of fabric was reduced to ash, and her plastic shell was melted into a big lump. She wasn't moving, but Sean did think he could hear a faint groan. He went over and grabbed a leftover paving stone his mom had from some retaining wall project in the garden. He carried the heavy thing back to the barrel, lifted it above his head with all his strength, and then smashed it down as hard as he could into the lump of melted plastic that used to be the doll. And that was it. Marnie had been destroyed. Sean would now use the extra money he was making for therapy for both him and April for months. Life still wasn't easy, but it was over. Sean has never been able to figure out what that doll really was. Maybe it's better that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many dolls in here. I'm like, <laughs> i like, I do like this. I just kept waiting for one of them to be like, ha ha, we're all together.
0: That would be my worst nightmare.
1: Oh my God.
0: Mirror, mirror or doll? I don't know which one would be worse for me, but Ooh. doll would be up there. If any of these dolls in here, all of a sudden, like blatantly, just changed the way that they were positioned and stared, I would let out a scream like I've never made before, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I would I would pay good money just to hear that. Oh my gosh.
0: I just, just, I probably like feel like I was having a heart attack. Just the amount of panic I would feel in a moment like that.
1: I kept getting weird vibes from your water bottle because I would like really? look down. It's got like a, um, like a sasquatch on it. Oh yeah. And I'd look at it. I'm like, Are you gonna move? <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna suddenly Ooh. start walking?
2: <gasps> yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah. <sighs> little Chucky's up there with knives.
0: Okay, yeah. I do. I do have a few little pictures. Okay. Before your questions, if you want. Ooh. Okay. Okay. None from this story, but this, but the third one is adjacent. Okay. So this first one here's an example of an American girl doll.
1: Oh, is that Felicity? No. Is that
0: <laughs> I don't remember which. Um, I don't write down the name, but this is, yeah, they're about 18 inches tall. There's so many of them. Yeah. All the little accessories, all the clothes and stuff. And then like, here's this next one that's like, these are historical dolls, just an assortment. Oh,
1: oh wait, I can help here. Hol- uh, Felicity's in the middle. You've got Addie down front. Wow. I don't know if that's Samantha with like the long striped dress and then the, The one, like, to our left, um, that was, like, a newer one to represent uh, Native Americans or American Indians.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, there were, like, for a while, there were only, like, four. And then all of a sudden, it was, like, boom. And there was, like, maybe... Maybe there would be a new one every year or something. I forget. I never had them, so yeah. I was obsessed with the catalogs.
0: Yeah, when I looked into it, yeah. I, I For some reason, I thought they were a more recent thing. They got popular more recently, well, a while back now.
1: But, but I think they made a resurgence. They made,
0: yeah, okay, yeah, they got big. Yeah, maybe they were big before. Like, but I was Winnie.
1: Like, Winnie's son was exactly. really into them for a while. She and, might still be. She's still like in that right age. And
0: I thought they were kind of new then, but I was like, oh, no, they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, they were not as well known.
1: Yeah, when I was in, oh, let me think. One, two, three, four, uh, fourth or fifth. I remember actually being like later than maybe should have been in sixth grade. So like, how old are you? You're like 11, 12. Yeah. Kathy Tucker. She got an American girl doll. And I think because we were all old enough, it was like, it was cool for a minute. And then it was like, wait a second. Why'd you get a doll? You're 12.
0: (laughs) And then it faded really fast. So really fast.
1: So my mom escaped that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Got lucky. Okay. So one more picture. Okay. So this American girl doll kit, K (gasps) I T. That Kit supposedly caused someone else some problems.
1: That's not Kit.
0: Oh, well, that, it was Kit in the story, and that was the picture attached to the article, so I assumed that was Kit, but maybe they just That's like a Kit a, knockoff. Oh, okay. Well,
1: because the American Girl doll mouths uh-huh. aren't open.
0: Oh, so maybe this is a weird like knockoff like this thing in the story, mm-hmm. because in 2017, Holly Rorden wrote an article for the website Thought Catalog. Uh, titled The Creepiest Shit Started Happening After I Bought My First American Girl Doll. She told a story about when she was a kid. She said that no one after school, not long after she got the doll, or no, I'm sorry. She said that not long after she got the doll, her sister walked up to her after school when she was playing with it, pressed her head against uh, (laughs) its lips like she was listening to the whispers and then said, "Kit just told me she's going to kill you. And then the next morning, she woke up with cut marks on her arms and there was cut marks on the doll's arms matching hers Uh, And the doll seemed to have dried blood on her arms, but she didn't really have any dried blood on hers. She said it was super weird. I'm really condensing this. Um, She hid Kit in the closet that day. And then that night, she said she woke up to a knife poking into her chest.
1: Oh, my God.
0: When she opened her eyes, her sister was holding this doll and the doll was holding the knife is what she said. Her sister was put into therapy after this. Yeah, I bet. And the doll was thrown away. And then apparently they never had any more problems like this uh, growing up. No, No more problems with her sister. So it just made me think, like, how many creepy dolls are out there?
1: Oh, man. Well, those American Girl dolls, it is such a status symbol. My God, those dolls- Still, you think? 100%, because I was effing furious when your ex bought Monroe an American Girl doll for Christmas, because because she had never shown any interest in it. None of her friends had them. It wasn't a thing. And I was so- Because it's like she doesn't need a $150 doll that she's probably going to get a marker out and draw on its face or get out scissors and give it like some terrible haircut. So, I refused to buy them, but it just so happened that that year, Barnes & Noble, of all the places, they had these, like, um, they were American girl dolls made by yeah. the same company, but it was, like, their, like, B-line. So, they were less expensive. Oh, so I
0: remember this. I
1: could buy, like, two of them, yeah. and it still would be the cost, if, well, we, but I purchased it, we paid for sure. two of them, and it was still less than one doll. So, I got, like, the accessories and everything, and yeah. then I think... For her birthday, your mom bought her, like, a gymnastics one with, like, a little gymnastics set. I'm so glad we didn't spend more money because six months later, she didn't give up. That's what I was going to say. And I mean- it was all Shopkins all day long.
0: <laughs> Shopkins was the one I liked.
1: Well, it was easy. They were small. They were uh-huh. cheap. You could buy a lot of, like, you could make a robust gift without yeah. breaking the bank.
0: I-, I remember laying on the floor in Monroe's room with her. with She had her Shopkins out. And it just, uh, it was so cute. Like, when they, because she had so many because they're just these little tiny things. Yeah. And just all these goofy little, like, there would be like a... Like a
1: peach uh, and like a little A
0: toaster. Yeah, just all these random things with little eyes and mouths on it. And she would have like a Shopkins army that would like these little scenarios with like one Shopkins army versus some other toys or something.
1: Yeah, because like our kids' birthdays are so close to Christmas, they would just get like bombarded. All their gifts would come at once. So I remember your mom would be like, okay, well, here's my contribution to the kids' gifts. Can you go shopping for it? And she would send me money. And I was like, oh, Shopkins. Like, it was just... (laughs) I mean, we never had, there was no reason to have that many Shopkins. Yeah, yeah. But it was really cool when she was done with them. I forget who, oh yeah, when I was doing that tiny brief stint in real estate, there was a single mom in our office Yeah, and her daughter oh, loved yeah, remember, Shopkins yep, mm-hmm. and Monroe was like, well, I'm done with mine. Like she was done, done.
2: Yeah.
1: And had no, des- I, th- I might've saved like a handful for the future, you know, so she can yeah. kind of giggle at herself later. But um, that mom was like, holy shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Jackpot.
1: Jackpot. Man,
0: wow. so, what was
1: the expensive toy for boys that you would have uh, wanted when you were a kid that you maybe didn't get? Like oh, the, the a, one like I a wanted. The Joe thing?
0: Yeah. Well, Star Wars figures, same mm. thing. The one I wanted that I didn't get was the, uh, and I remember for years, it was like the toy. And I've talked, it wasn't even just in, just in Riggins, too. I remember talking to other guys in college yeah. and they remembered this. It was uh, the Millennium Falcon.
1: Oh, it's still a thing.
0: Yeah, there was because like, they
1: make like a limited number of them, I believe, every oh. year. So it's still like I will see like my friends who now have young boys giving them Millennium Falcons Whoa. for like Christmas, and the kid doesn't give a shit. Dad's <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, because yeah. I remember it was like it was pretty big, and it would open on the top uh-huh. so you could see what your figures were doing inside, and uh-huh. it was just the coolest looking. I mean, they had other I bases think and stuff. My
1: brother got that one year. Yeah, it
0: was a, it was a hot one, and I remember that was the one that my mom was like, no, it's too much.
1: Yeah. I don't remember how much cu- it just sounds familiar, but that doesn't mean that like my mom bought it new. We might've yeah, gotten it yeah. secondhand or like a cousin. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't, sounds remember, familiar. I don't remember
0: any of the kids in my town getting the Millennium Falcon. I do feel like I would have remembered. And, but it, and we also they probably have,
1: would have been a legend if they got one. Yeah.
0: And we didn't have second, really like a good secondhand, you know, access. So right. you weren't going to really get it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember like the figures weren't that expensive and so you could kind of stock up on those. Yeah. But that one was I wish I could remember how much it cost but it was a it was high compared to all the other GI Joe stuff I
1: bet it was like a hundred or 150 dollars yeah, maybe 100 200 because now yeah. I think they're like several hundreds of dollars
0: Wow yeah
1: the thing in our neighborhood was Sega because Sega Genesis we didn't get one yeah and the Habrax didn't get one but the Lorenzos got one and nice. it was like holy shit.
0: I, I do remember that was the cool, the coolest thing I got growing up was a Super Nintendo. Because mm-hmm. right around, right after Sega Genesis, right around the same time as Sega Genesis, because I remember some friends had it, Chris and Russ had Sega Genesis, Sonic and all that. And then I got a Super Nintendo and then the Super Nintendo had Street Fighter 2, oh. which was in the arcades at that time. And then I immediately shifted to become like the kid with the coolest thing we come over and play little tournaments.
1: Was there a Nintendo before there was Super Nintendo? And I
0: did have that too. Okay,
1: the only gaming system we ever had was Nintendo. Yeah. We never had cable and we only ever had yeah. Nintendo. And I remember like as we got a little bit older, it kind of, you know, you start to feel embarrassed or become aware of what you don't have. Oh, yeah. Because like other, somebody got Sega, somebody got Super Nintendo. Right, uh, I went
0: to Xbox and PlayStation.
1: Yeah, we never had any of those things.
0: Yeah, I had Atari, Nintendo. Super Nintendo. And then, and then it was like, uh, I think the Nintendo Xbox might've came out around the time I was going to still in high school, but I mean, it was towards the end of high school. I was kind of phasing out of playing a lot of games. Yeah. And so then it didn't matter. And, and, and Super Nintendo still was kind of like retro cool when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then somebody brought their system to our like seat when we were seniors to the house Yeah. and we played all this nostalgic stuff from high school Uh huh. and it was awesome. I don't remember anybody having a big gaming system even in college. And then after college was when, you know, people with regular jobs now, My friends started getting like, and myself, like the bigger systems.
1: Did you ever have a Game Boy? No. Yeah, me either. I
0: remember kids had Game Boys. I didn't have one of those. I remember, yeah, I remember a neighbor kid did have a Game Boy. And I'm like, that was pretty sweet. (laughs) Because he had Tecmo Bowl or something on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like. Well, yeah. And you could just like go with yeah, it, you know, yeah. that was such a new concept.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh gosh. It's so funny. The, the toy that my mom spent like the most time and effort trying to get for me was a uh, cabbage patch doll crimp and curl. I will literally never forget funny. this as long as I live. She, you know, what cabbage patch dolls look like, oh, right? Yeah.
0: Actually, got still,
1: those. I actually still think for like the stuffed doll thing, yeah. they're maybe the cutest because they don't have Uncanny Valley at all. Right, they look like dolls. They look like dolls, but they're like big enough that you can kind of be a little like, uh, you know, kids are so aggressive with their toys. Like you're not worried about a kid breaking it. Yeah. I think they were in that like $40 price point. Yeah. So I wanted the blonde one. I wanted crimp and curl. (laughs) I was obsessed. And you know, like we didn't have money and my mom couldn't find it. She would always go with my aunt Dorothy uh, the day after Thanksgiving and they would do like a marathon shop. But the marathon shop included putting everything in layaway when Kmart had layaway. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like Kmart was the only place. Well, it was the only place my mom could afford to buy it. Yeah. And then when she couldn't, I like, she told me years later, she's like, you don't understand what I had to do to get that thing. Wow. She eventually found it. And it was like the doll. It's. So she was like,
0: she was like Sean in this story. Just oh, like yeah. doing everything she could not to let the kid down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it had, um, the okay. The reason they called it crimp and curl is the hair was sort of like waxed instead of that like soft yarn hair. Yeah. So you could use this fake curling iron and this fake crimper and give it a hairdo. <laughs>
0: That sounds familiar. Yeah. Because my little sister, Donna, is, you know, your age. And uh,
1: I'm significantly younger than Donna.
0: <laughs> and by one whole year. Yeah. I, I have a vague memory of that.
1: Yep. Yep. My mom's obsession toy for us was Teddy Ruxpin. Funny. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Should we move away from toys onto your stories now? Yes, please. Great. I am excited to hear them right after today's sponsor break.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
0: Visit betterhelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelphelp.com slash scared to death. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash
1: NetCredit.
2: Credit to the people.
1: Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime beramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time.
0: Head to factormeals.com slash scaredtodeath50 and use code scaredtodeath50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scaredtodeath50 at factormeals.com slash death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Thanks for sticking around, creeps and peepers. Now on to some fan-submitted paranormal terror.
1: Let's go. Who's your Layla this week?
0: Uh, you know what? I'll hold pink Layla. She's uh, over here on my side.
1: I wonder where she was. I couldn't see her and I was going to ask for her and then yeah. be nice to her, okay? Okay. Okay. I was nervous when you started that story. I was like, is this about a haunted Layla? <laughs> like, is this a, uh, about a haunted squishy toy that well, comes oh, from yeah. like, you know, some overseas company? Ooh, there could be there. What if, what if this army of Laylas came to life? That would be fucking terrifying. I know Although there's the so, fact that you could stomp on them.
0: I know they're so cute and squishy at first that it would almost be like, like adorable. Like if I had to pick all these like things minions. coming alive. Yeah. Minions or one of the old porcelain dolls, I would rather pick these guys. Yeah. But I, I think it would quickly go from like, whoa, what's happening? To That's kind of cute, to absolute terror. I just imagine. If they, if they showed any kind of menace.
1: I would get excited because I could do like a be-do-be-do and then you could do like uh, Steve Carell. Uh, what's the bad guy's name? Gru? Gru, yeah.
0: You could, little minions. What are you doing there?
1: But little Layla's.
0: Little Layla's. What are you doing there? do be do be do So cute. <laughs>
1: All right. Let's get into some scary stuff. Uh, okay. I This first tale, I especially picked it for you because of how the sender wraps it up at the end, because I think that it is a thought that we've all had of like, oh, wouldn't it be great if this happened? And she's like, let me tell you, it wouldn't be great. All right. All right. Dear Scared to Death Crew, As a lover of horror and all things spooky, I measure my own story against so many of the greats. And it isn't as terrible or dramatic as some of those, but it is real and true. And so here we are. In 2014, my husband and I made the rash decision to move from our beloved apartment to a townhome across town. College kids had taken up the apartment next door and were keeping us and our infant twins awake with games of quarters and loud music. (laughs) We loved our home, but when we were woken up for the 100th time with the thick smell of skunk weed and the sounds of Call of Duty through the walls, we decided to move. We found a quaint townhome community that was closer to my husband's work had a pool and access to a local park, perfect for Sunday afternoons with the babies. Each home had a half-finished basement, which I thought would make a great playroom. The small backyard bordered a wooded area that dulled the sounds of the nearby high school and main roads. It was nearly perfect, but for two small things. The first was that it was perpetually gloomy. The light never seemed to get through the windows, even on the brightest of days. No worries, that's what lamps are for. The second was that it was built on the outer grounds of a since-abandoned psychiatric hospital. The large, brutalist structure rose like a sentinel across an empty field right next to the housing community. I'm not a superstitious person, but even I had to admit it was a little unsettling. However, the empty campus was watched by area law enforcement nearly 24 hours a day, and the local urban explorers had documented their crawl through the building and, while absolutely eerie... There was nothing hideous in the shadows. It was just an old hospital. We signed the lease and moved our little family. We noticed small things almost immediately. We would find the linen closet door would be open even when we were sure we closed it. The carpet was thick and the door did not swing on its own. You had to really tug at it to get it open. And nearly every afternoon, the door would be wide open. At first, we attributed it to one another. The babies were far too small to toddle over there. When it was clear that it wasn't either of us, we laughingly called our new friend Casper. It was sort of funny then, nothing to really note, a party story that would go over well with friends and glasses of wine. Then, the walking started. I was staying at home with the twins while my husband was at work, and I would often hear the sound of someone walking upstairs from bedroom to bedroom. Again, thickly carpeted, it was hard to imagine that this was natural. But maybe it was the neighbor? The neighbor? Sure, it sounded like it was directly over my head, but I suppose if the neighbor was walking around, maybe the sound could have traveled. The perpetual dimness was starting to become more annoying. Every time we would come home, it was like a race to get the lights back on, to beat back the gloom that seemed to suck the life out of our space. The pretty toy room that I had filled with bright fabrics and lamps seemed more dreary each time I brought the kids to it, and eventually we stopped going downstairs altogether, choosing instead to set up toys in the living room where the light was a little bit brighter. I started feeling anxious all the time. I would beg my husband to come home during his lunch to relieve some of the crushing nervousness I felt. I reasoned that it was simply the byproduct of being a stay-at-home mom. I was bound to feel anxious and depressed being home alone all the time with these two small babies for company. It was difficult to get out with both of them, and we were a single-car family. Isolation can do terrible things to a person. But then I saw it. It was mid-afternoon. The babies were upstairs napping, and I had lied down on the couch to have a snooze of my own. It had been 40 minutes when I woke up. I sat up, swiped the sleep from my eyes. I listened. The babies were still asleep. I then saw a person walk from the bottom of the stairs straight into a wall. Person should be used lightly. The figure was made entirely of thick gray smoke, transparent, but only vaguely. I couldn't move. I was frozen in place, having seen the most bizarre thing I had ever seen to that point in my life. It was definitively human-shaped and moved with a purposeful gait, directly into the wall. I finally stood up and began to investigate. It wasn't the shadow of someone walking around outside. I checked the yard around the house. It had recently snowed and nothing had disturbed the powder layered around the house. The hallway where it had moved through was now icy and felt heavy, but that could have been the cold seeping through the front door. Nothing could explain what I saw, but, while incredibly disturbing, nothing awful had happened. The babies woke up and everything was, more or less, normal. I told my husband what had happened, and we both agreed that perhaps it was nothing, a remaining figment of something from a dream, or maybe something conjured up from a sleep-deprived mother of twins. Things escalated quickly from there, though. Independently of one another, my husband and I would see something dark in the hallway upstairs. Not a figure so much as something unnaturally dark absorbing the light around it. We would hear knocks and bangs and try to rationalize it until we simply accepted that this was something that was happening and we started to look for a new rental. The walking from room to room continued. Others began to hear it as well, pacing above while the kids played it on the floor. We didn't see it at the time, but the children were also starting to suffer from something— we can see it in photos now. Their bright, clear faces started looking blotchy and pocked with scratches. Dark circles appeared under their eyes. My son started having night terror, screaming relentlessly at least three times a week. Rocking and soothing him wouldn't break him out of the spell as he cried as hard and as loud as he could. My daughter wouldn't settle into her crib and would lay for hours staring at the walls instead of sleeping. We finally reached a breaking point. I had actually gone to divinity school at Yale, previous to having children. I felt competent to set out to try to cleanse my house with some authority. It was nap time, and the children slept peacefully in their nursery. I gathered up holy water, salt, sage, and some prayers, and prepared to walk through the house, blessing and claiming each room. I'll be honest with you, I half thought that this was ridiculous— I also half-thought that I'd completely lost my mind, and as I walked from room to room, beginning at the children's room and moving down through the basement, I felt almost certain that I had hit some sort of postpartum instability that should see me committed, perhaps to the abandoned asylum just across the field. I got to the final room, the unfinished part of our basement. A collection of cardboard boxes, the washer, dryer, and utility sink lined the walls. I raged the sage. I raised the sage stick and the smoke curled around the exposed light bulb that hung from a chain in the ceiling. I began praying and asked for whatever it was to leave. The air was still. I said that this was our home and and started to say something about Jesus when the entire dryer began to shake. The whole machine, the entire machine rocked violently, quickly, loudly, and then stopped. I stood absolutely still, my hands shaking, my resolve simultaneously crumbled and rose. I repeated my words, but nothing happened. Time seemed to stand perfectly still. I walked slowly backwards, and when I got to the door, I closed it and, fi- and finally turned to bolt for the steps. As I got to the top, there was a slamming sound from upstairs. It sounded like a car had hit our house, and our babies began screaming, and I blindly flew up to the nursery. Both children stood up in their cribs. My son's sleep suit was unsnapped, his soft chest showing a deep red scratch down the front of his body. His sister, I then saw, was pulled up on the side where I could pick, not on the side where I could pick her up, but on the other side by the wall. She stared into the corner, her screams beyond those that I had ever heard her make when she was tired or hungry. This was pure terror. I gathered up both my kids in my arms and ran downstairs. This day, I happened to drive my husband to work and our car was in the lot. I ran out, put the babies in their seats, and left the complex. I called my husband as we tore down the road. I cannot imagine what it was like at the other end of that call. I drove straight to my mother's house across town and literally never went back. My husband disassembled the cribs that night and brought them to my mom's. We slept on the couch there until we could bring our bed over and move our possessions into storage. We terminated our lease early, paying the penalty with what little savings we had. We tried to explain our reasoning without sounding completely insane. We landed on saying our neighbors were too loud, which is when we found out that our neighbor had also left suddenly, if not as maniacally, months earlier. Our children are now nine. We bought a home and have never experienced anything like that again. I used to imagine what it would be like to live in a haunted house and had once thought it would be a spooky and little titillating tale, like a great (laughs) story to tell, but it's not. It makes you question everything, your sanity, your beliefs, your relationships. It makes you fear for your life and the lives of those most precious to you. It takes the last refuge of safety in your life, your home, and turns it into a place of unknowing and unwelcome terror.
0: that's a good story. It was a good story. Very well written.
1: Yeah, beautifully written, truly.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, good for good for um her for the true get the fuck out.
1: Yeah, like it's always the women who are the first to be like, that's it, <laughs> and I'm done,
0: mm-hmm, and just, and
1: like a hard out.
0: Which I which I do get where it's like when you have these, what I think just the two little kids.
1: Yeah, little twins.
0: Mm-hmm. And then one of them is scratched. And then the other one is screaming bloody murder and terror and looking and you've seen these things. And it's yeah. like, at that point, just the uh, protective instinct where it's like, oh, something's hurting them, mm-hmm. but both like psychologically and physically. Yeah. And it's like, so I, I like that she, at that point was like, not even going to grab stuff. Mm-hmm. We're leaving right this moment. I assume her husband, or maybe they hired some mover. Well, the husband went back to the cribs, but then maybe they hired movers or friends or something. And she was like. Not even going back there.
1: Yep, I know. I was so proud of her for not allowing herself or the kids to ever be exposed to that again.
0: Yeah, even though they, you know, money was tight, they just like, nope, we're luckily, luckily had family nearby.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like things that were in their favor.
0: Able to do that. And then, man, the the creepiest detail of that story uh, for me, and sorry if I seem spacey at the beginning of that story. I realized uh, our al- that our stronger allergy medicine just ran out. Yeah, and I'm like, man, allergies are crazy right now.
1: I know my eyes hurt.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go get some allergy medicine right after the show. But um, that m- that moment of uh her finding out that all the noises that they assume were coming from the neighbors that used to come from neighbors probably uh had not been coming from neighbors for months because they had moved out. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a, a, a detail like that in a previous story, and that is so creepy.
1: It sucks. It just sucks so much because. So it's, creepy. And it's like, I love what she says at the end about, like, yeah, you think, you think. I, th- I felt like she was yeah. speaking directly to you. Like, yeah. oh, you think it would be fun? You think it'd be an interesting thing? Because. She it seems like her and her husband are fairly rational. Like yeah. okay, it's a little dim in here. Okay, nope. it feels a little bit off. But by the time it escalates, yeah. she's able to look back and reflectively say, Oh, you don't fucking want this because it all oh. starts off like a little bit and not then, that amount. No, and she just I mean, for a stay-at-home mom also, like, postpartum is so real. Yeah. And so now she is questioning, like, is this postpartum and I okay? And what she doesn't say, but I'm sure she thinks at a certain point is, like, should I be alone with my children? Because that's a very real fear with postpartum is that you will hurt your children. So it's just, like, it's just escalating, escalating, escalating. And you can't decide, like, am I making a bigger deal out of nothing? Because that's what we all try to do. Yeah. fine. We're fine. Yeah. This was not fine. Not fine. And and made the right choice. Yeah. And fortunate that that they could.
0: God, I'm just thinking about all the apartments I've lived in now, like over the years, and just, you know, that. Oh, my God. <laughs> where you have those shared walls with somebody. Yeah. And of course, yeah, you hear things sometimes. You've got a, a loud neighbor who, um, I remember um, I had a neighbor for a while. She, I can uh, violin maybe, cello. I don't know. Are those the same? No. Cello's the bigger one, I think. Yeah, cello's a big one. But like, some, some musician like that, some classical music, uh, uh, or not musician, uh, instrument. Yeah. And she would practice. So, of course, you would hear that coming from, you know, through the wall. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in, like, hotel rooms where you hear, like, a, a loud TV. Just recently, uh, when I was in Phoenix, whoever was next door, I don't know if the walls were a little thinner than normal at this hotel, but I could hear them, you know, animated chatter. Yeah. I could hear the TV. <laughs> and then to hear all that stuff. And maybe also combined with a bad feeling in your room.
1: Yeah. And you've like seen like a few shadows. Mm
0: -hmm. And then you call down to the front desk in that scenario and like, hey, can you tell the people in room blah, blah, blah to kind of keep it down? And they're like, no one's in that room. Man, that would be an immediate eruption of goosebumps. And just like, what?
1: It would be if they, okay, if I'm in room, let's say 104 and I call down and I'm like, hey, can you tell the people in uh, 102, you know? And they're like, no, there's no one there. I'm like, okay, can you tell 106? Because maybe I'm hearing it, but it's... And they're like... No, There's no one around you. That would be the worst.
0: Now, now my brain's going to horror movie and just making everything terrifying. And then I just hear like a weird voice now come through the front desk and am like, you're alone. And uh. then just click.
1: Yeah! You grab
0: your stuff and you leave as fast as possible.
1: But hope to God that you're not yep. in like some house of mirrors that nope. you can find your way ah, out easily.
0: Man, you don't even take the elevator. You just take the emergency exit. You run down the stairs as fast as you can.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, just so much. Yes, such a, a s- creepy, creepy feeling. And uh, also, like her saying that later, like they they couldn't even see it in the moment. But mm-hmm. looking at photos of their babies later yeah. in that time period, seeing that they were like pale, circles under their eyes, their scratches on their face. But ah! but, she, but whatever was there was wearing her and her husband down so much that they couldn't see it in real time. That's so outside crazy. of that giant scratch on the baby's chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end there, oh. man. The way she describes it too, I'm like, oh, like you just know, like they're soft, sweet little skin. Yeah, yeah, oh, little babies. Well, I'm glad you're you're all out, and I'm glad everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, I'm, you're lucky you didn't take it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: creepy. Creepy.
1: You got time for one more? I do. Okay.
0: I'm getting spooked now. My mind just keeps running with the hotel scenario now, which I know isn't exactly that story. Uh-huh. But now I was picturing like, yeah, you run down the stairs. And then I was picturing like, it's dark. And then you're running down the stairs and the door shuts behind you and no one else is at the stairway. And then just seeing some creepy being down on a landing below you. So you're like, shit, you have to run back up the stairs. And now there's something else on the landing above you. And now you're alone in this little quiet corridor with God knows what.
1: Our minds, are, it's, it's so interesting, like what we both find terrifying. So like, it sounds like what you'd be terrified is this feeling of like being trapped, be, being trapped between yeah. what's the the lesser of two evils. Uh-huh. My mind was going to, you start going down the stairs, you came from the fifth floor, you're counting four, three, two, one. Why am I still? Like, you just keep going. You're like, why Ooh. is it? Like, you're just stuck in a loop of like, what the fuck? Why am I still? Like, I should be out. I should be out. And then you reach a door Yikes. and the door doesn't work. You're just, Ooh. you're just like, like the shape of a door and you're pushing, you know, that like long metal bar that you push mm-hmm. and it's just, nothing's happening.
0: I was, I love, I love that we're building these little scenarios now. Yeah. I was picturing after you're spiraling, going down floor after floor, after floor, after floor, like you said, and you're like, okay, it's been a dozen floors and you're freaking out and you're sweaty. And then you push the door and it does open and you're still on the same floor.
1: Oh, just a weird, yep. at that point you have to like in a, in a movie, <laughs> you're hoping <laughs> to That's God you're the... dreaming. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. We should write a horror movie. I think we do a good job. Yeah. All right. All right. You ready for one more? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to focus? Yep. (laughs) It's so hard not to keep running with those scenarios. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last one. Howdy, Dan and Lindsay. Howdy. Howdy. Lindsay recently mentioned you haven't had any stories from the Dakotas. Well, I can fulfill that wish with my (laughs) personal tale. I am a religious person and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I believe in the power of good that comes from Christ, but also that there are other powers, maybe more chaotic powers, I like that description, Mm -hmm. in this world that we can't understand. This upbringing has made me a skeptical believer, meaning I know there are things I cannot fully understand, but I don't believe in something without logically studying it first. Now on to the story. It was August before my senior year of high school, 2017. God, I'm so old. (laughs) I was an awkward dude in high school, the nerdy, nice guy that was always overlooked by girls. So when my friend Matt told me he knew of a girl that wanted to go on a date with me, I was excited. That following weekend, I was picked up by Matt and his girlfriend Molly and my date for the night, Katie. Living in North Dakota, there's not a lot to do. (laughs) So after wasting time at Walmart being immature hooligans, we decided we needed the next thing to do. And that is when Molly threw out the idea of going to a haunted farmhouse. Katie chimed in quickly and said that Molly's idea was a bad one. Matt and I were curious, asking why we shouldn't go. She told us about the time she had found an abandoned farmhouse and wanted to take some pictures of it. While she was looking through the barn, she had found a horse bridle. Thinking it was cool, she took it with her. As soon as she left the property, her car headlights turned off on their own. Her seat started to adjust itself, moving forwards and backwards, and then her light started flashing on and off. She turned around, took the horse bridle back where she found it, and then left. After hearing the story, I was a bit skeptical, but not wanting to be a jerk on the first day, I decided I wouldn't say anything, and off we went to the haunted farm. By the time we got there, it was fairly late and completely dark. Though nothing felt off, no weird feelings, just a dilapidated old house with some barns in the middle of nowhere on a dark night. While walking around to the front of one of the barns, I did hear a knocking noise coming from inside. Just two quick knocks. Not wanting to be that guy and guessing it was probably just the wind, I said nothing. Besides that, nothing did happen until it was time to leave. As we were walking back to to Matt's truck, he decided to scare the girls by remote starting his truck with his key fob. The girls jumped and screamed by the surprise, but then quickly we were all laughing as we climbed into the truck. As soon as Molly climbed in, the last one to do so, the automatic headlights on this four-month-old truck turned themselves off, and this caused an instant panic. Matt began messing with the lights, trying to get them to stay on, but they just wouldn't. Then the wipers turned on, moving in random and sporadic patterns across the windshield. Then the air conditioning turned off by itself, and then the cab lights turned themselves on and off. Besides our screams and yelling, all we could hear were the wipers smudging across the window. We could only see what was inside of the truck because the flashing headlights made it impossible to see outside. And then the whole truck just shut off. In the back of my mind, I was still trying to be skeptical, assuming Matt was playing a joke on us. But even after putting the key into the ignition and trying to start the truck, it wouldn't turn over. Even worse, on the monitor screen, a warning appeared that read, Damaged key. Please replace key. This was a brand new truck. Molly finally flings open the door, tosses something, I don't know what, out, and with that, the truck starts right up, and all the malfunctioning stops. We drove away in tears and shock while Molly apologized profusely. Fast forward three weeks, and the four of us are hanging out together again. We're driving late at night in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota, this time in Katie's car, the same car she originally took to the farmhouse. And without warning, the horn starts blaring. I mean, full go, nonstop. It was like someone was laying into it and never planned to stop. Then the hazard lights turned themselves on. Knowing very little about cars, I had the idea that we could unhook the battery and then restart the computer within the car. We pulled over and did just that. But as soon as we hooked it back up, the horn and the lights started up all over again. And they didn't stop. Even when Katie's parents came to save us, her dad drove away with the lights flashing and the horn honking. Over the course of the next few weeks, the car was constantly in the shop and it was never able to be fixed. A few years later, I was hanging out with Matt again and asked him about all of those experiences, seeing if he would finally confess to the best, longest prank ever. (laughs) He remained firm that he had nothing to do with the weird things that had happened. His brand new truck we were in had to be sold shortly after that because it experienced problems of the electrical kind that could never, ever be fixed. I know enough about cars that those issues in that way don't just happen like that. And two and and to happen to two completely different vehicles simultaneously, both after going to that old farm, none of it makes sense. Joe.
0: Joe, thank you, Joe. Yeah, that's another story. I don't think I don't know that we've heard something like that, where um something gets into a car and just causes like all these weird electrical issues. Because I mean, I guess it could be a computer or something, but if it was just like a fuse or whatever, I mean, in my experience with like car stuff like it, generally if something goes bad it just goes out right it doesn't go out and in and out and in i mean i know that can happen but then to have multiple things and when he said the i wish i could picture how the windshields were moving like erratically yeah, like, i bet it was like yeah like different speeds and things
1: <laughs> yeah you know just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like what is happening
0: yeah that whole th- and then yeah, si- two different cars simultaneously but both connected to the same place and then the same story mm-hmm. of Katie, I think, was the first one who talked about the thing happening previously. She took the
1: the horse bridle, and then Molly took something. We don't know what.
0: Right.
2: But what what,
1: what I I was like, oh, so my vibe was the property is trying to keep them there. So if because they took something, so like if you're going to take something, we're going to keep you. So you can't take anything from this property because both times when they let go of whatever it was, they they tried to steal. Stopped.
0: Then the car.
1: Was fine. I mean, later, yes, there still were yeah, problems. Yeah. But I was like, well. Because to me, it's like, oh, you would have just been stuck there. I was imagining, talk about horror scenarios. You're just like, you know, Molly like stole some necklace. I don't know. She's yeah. got it in her pocket. She doesn't want to let it go. And they're they're stuck in this car and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And he was saying like they couldn't see anything out the window because of how the lights were strobing on and off. I, and then the next <sighs> thing, no, there's like something on the truck that like yep. is shaking the truck. Yep. And, and now she's too scared to roll down the window and throw out the thing, even though Ugh. that would be the best thing to do. Like, yeah. You're just trapped there. It's never going to let you go. It's
0: never going to end.
1: That would be so creepy. Because mm-hmm. that feels like a fairly like normal kid thing to do. You're out late at night driving around and then you're like, ooh, it's that abandoned building.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you're talking about the old, like, because he said, like, haunted barn, right? I think yeah, it's like yeah. A-
1: like, it sounds like basically like an old um, homestead.
0: Right. Old homestead. <laughs> it did also make me think um kyler was showing me memes last night up
1: in his room oh, yeah i heard you do giggling like two little girls mm-hmm. it was so
0: cute and he did show me like this video this it was like a haunted house sketch about, from this old comedy central show i don't know how old it is but older like called i think nathan for you was the name of the I show know it. logan have you, did you ever seen watch nathan for you i love nathan fielder man he's so like he's so meta with some of his he has a <laughs> i think it's on hbo it's a series that he just came out with it's so like I'll have to explain it to you. It's so good. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you might've seen this sketch. It was one where I think the, I didn't really watch his show a lot, but I've seen sketches, but he goes to businesses and I think sometimes they're real businesses or maybe they're real um, and and, and acts like this marketing exec or like, like, I'm going to improve your business. Okay. And then just, you know, throws like crazy ideas at them, but then they actually like execute them. And it was a haunted house and he's like trying to figure out how to make it scarier. So he's like, well, what if you actually make your the people going to your house like want to sue you because it's so scary? And he's like, I don't know. That seems like a bit much. He's like, no, like make them think like they're going to die. And he's like, well, I, I don't know. That you know, seems like a lot. He's like, yeah, but it'd be really scary. And it would get like the word out about how scary your place is. So they get this couple to like beta test this haunted place, and they're this couple. They're going through it, <laughs> and it all seems to be like standard haunted house fare: people jumping out of shadows, chainsaws chasing them, and they're yelling and stuff. And then all of a sudden, they have they act like they're somebody who works there is breaking the fourth wall and comes out like, "Excuse me, ma'am, ma'am, we got to stop, stop, stop. We got to stop down." And Nathan's with them, <laughs> and she's like, uh, "Did she touch you?" Like this other random haunted house character, and she's like, "I don't know, maybe, yeah." Okay. Okay. We, we, we got to stop this here. Come in here and come in this room and then uh okay sit down and then they intentionally let them over here explaining that this employee had this fictitious disorder some like uh i can't remember what it's called syndrome or something that sounds scary and they're like you know it's contagious and like and then they're in there like why was this person even working here if they have this thing
1: like leprosy yeah, yeah like so like, like th- you can't be touched by this person cuz then you'll get it yeah
0: like a like okay. a terrible autoimmune thing Okay. they compare it later to like aids like a scary that's going to but Jesus. like could kill you faster and and can actually be uh, just caught just by touching an open wound in any part of your body so obviously it's ridiculous that lady would be working there if she yeah, had this Yeah. but they they just keep selling it further and further now they have a doctor come in now they have now they get like uh, they say like okay this is this is bad this is worse than we thought we don't want to scare you um, we're going to have you come in t- with us in an ambulance so now they go into an ambulance now they're driving this couple around they get to some place that's uh, supposed to be the ER and then before then they're like hey go around to the back of the hospital we can't have you coming to the regular ER and they're just like what is happening are they scared they're getting scared this yeah, is great doors open in the ambulance hazmat suits <laughs> and, and, and and now Nathan is acting like he's scared too everybody here is scared what's going on we need some answers we demand answers and like you have to come with us you have to come with us right now and like hazmat suits are leading this couple and then they go through this, like this big set of like double doors and it says uh, your experience has ended like your haunted experience has ended
1: oh my god that's great <laughs>
0: and he's like so are you
1: scared and they're like yeah
0: <laughs> well, I thought that was such a fun like haunted house twist on a sketch of like well you were scared I mean, you thought you were actually going to die. That's pretty great. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Sorry. That's probably a lot, but I just had to, uh, wanted to share that.
1: Well, it was very cute listening to you and Kyler last night. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm going to bed. And then I just hear literal giggling. Yeah, it was fun. Kyler has a great laugh when he really laughs because mm-hmm. he has like a typical like, Haha, you know, like, sure. Sure. That's funny. But when he laughs, God, it's yeah. so, I love it so much.
0: He loves weird memes.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. He's your child for sure.
0: This one's very quick, much quicker than that. Last one I shared, I thought it was so funny. Just a meme, not a sketch. Okay. just kidding. It was a picture of this kid who looked like Lex Luthor from like the Superman stuff, like bald, but kind of like a like an evil genius size skull. Yeah. <laughs> and the meme said, I've been using acrylics to slowly build my skull size higher and higher as every day I go to the library and check out 10 new books. <laughs> <laughs> he was like just waiting for someone to say something. <laughs> if they really did that, that would be, I mean, what crazy dedication just to get a reaction out of the library people. But I just love the idea of somebody just book after book and That's their skull so is obviously getting bigger. That's.
2: That's
1: pretty great. Uh,
0: do you want to do some Annabelle shout outs?
1: Sure, sure. I would like to thank the following Annabelles for supporting us on Patreon, letting Dan tell us about weird memes and funny <laughs> uh, little videos. Sure. Uh, Mandy Burl, Ashley Riley Jean, Alexander McClellan, Hadil Al uh, Sadie, Kane Porter, Harmony Johnson, Hannah May, Dark Chaos. Christina Johnson, and Bailey Hatch.
0: Sweet. Sweet. And I would like to thank the following Annabelles. Kiera Early, or Kira. uh, Dylan Crane. Red Wolf, or Kerr Morin. Alicia Dermond. Jason Frederick. Allie Laurie. Champand Rendon. Champagne? Well, it's C-H-A, it's champ with A-N-D. Like champ and combined. Oh,
1: that's a misspelling. It's supposed to be an E at the end.
0: Oh, Champagne Rendon.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that, friend.
0: Uh now this is this another misspelling? Is this spoofy or spoofy horses? No, it's spoofy. Okay. Spoofy horses. <laughs> Lorenzo Martinez and Juliette St. Clair.
1: I love that name. Yeah. Juliette St. Clair. Okay. Well, Daniel. Yes. I'm gonna do my spoofy shout outs. Now this episode will air at eleven forty-five, the stroke before midnight, yeah. on five sixteen. So it means when many people are hearing this, it'll be your birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. And now for the rest of them. To Mr. Pooh Stained Butt Sweat from your <laughs> swan. Happy birthday. You're a gift to this world. Without your humor, hard work, and compassion, life would be that much dimmer. I love you, weirdo. This is like how we talk to each other. True. I love it. To Jasper, Dexter, Max, Lily, and Kason from your dad, Chris. You are the best little bunch of crotch goblins I could ever ask for. <laughs> love you to the moon and back. Fun. To Chloe from Thomas. Happy belated birthday. I was late per usual. I hope you had a great day. Looking forward to many more years of celebrating you. I love you. And to Sheena from Sheena, happy birthday to myself and our illustrious leader.
0: That's you. That's so nice. In case
1: you were wondering. (laughs) It wasn't for me.
0: Uh, And that is our show. Thank you for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story at scaredathpodcast.com. You can email us for everything else. Info at scared death podcast.com. Thanks to Logan Keith and Tyler C for the work on social media with Ryan Handelsman and his team. And to Logan again for running badmagicmerch.com And thanks to Logan for producing and directing today. Zach Cohen for Custom Soundbed Creation. Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails. And to our book editor, Drew Atana, for polishing and preparing listener stories for book number four. Thanks to producer Sophie Evans for finding the only story I told this week. Subscribe to Bad Magic Productions on YouTube if you would like to watch his show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you want more content and pictures that accompany episodes at Scared to Death Podcast. Also at Scared to Death Podcast for TikTok for highlights. TikTok. From episodes.
1: Make us TikTok stars.
0: <laughs> and if you don't want to hear more ads, if you want monthly bonus episodes, check out our Patreon and get the entire catalog ad free and so much more. Enjoy your nightmares, creeps and peepers. Hope you were scared to death.
1: Bye
2: At Magic Productions. If
0: any of these dolls in here, all of a sudden, like blatantly, just changed the way that they were positioned and stared, I would let out a scream like I've never made before. I'm sure. <laughs>